What's up, what's up everybody, it's Pastor B And you're hanging out with me live in the Lions Den This is going to be an exciting one, stay tuned I want to know what you do to show you that you love you What do you do to show you that you love you? You know, how to, how to, because I think the, the reason why this question is important tonight is I think in a world where we um, emphasize love externally, this love, this, the ability to love others, and that certainly is important. I really think there's a disconnect between how we love others, which you really get shown how to do, right? Society helps you do it. Your family, your friends, your teachers show you how to express love to others, but we don't really know what self-love looks like. We don't really have a healthy model of what self-love looks like. And many times um, we take um, or mistake vanity, if you will, or, or ego, um, you know, for self-love when really that's, those things are sort of symptoms of other things that, that are the antithesis of self-love. But, but do we really know how to love ourselves? I'm really interested in tonight. I'm hoping again to get some, uh, some pointers, some insight from you tonight uh, on, on, on how love is expressed to yourself. I, I think I, I want to venture to say that this may be a tough question for people, especially those who have spent the majority of their time learning how to love people and loving people to the best of your ability, uh, but all while neglecting love for yourself. Um, Michelle says, I get my nails done. I watch a good movie. I take the day off. I love going to, for a drive just to clear my head. That's, that's, that's me all day. I love just getting in the car, driving. I don't necessarily need a destination. Um, I have great service in the car. I mean, I have revival, uh, worship. Um, there's a preacher. There's an offering. We fall out. All of that in my car by myself. Uh, y'all, see, y'all don't leave me by myself. Um, so yeah, uh, creating an evening of just relaxing and reading. Yes, that's another thing that I love to do to show myself love is creating the space, the space to to invest back into you. Uh, you see all these books behind me, which is not even half of the books that that I own, but but that's a big part of my investment back into myself. So I love hearing from you guys. Keep weighing in on this question tonight. Meditation, reading the word, movies, even window shopping. I love that, Elder Leonard. The, the ability to pour back into you. So, so let me, let me kind of go through some things that I want to share with you tonight. Because in the, in the world of selfies and uh, where we focus on name brands and and money, and how much is in our accounts, and and in our careers. There are all of these sort of superficial value systems that are built um, that really, to me, are a clear and accurate depiction of societal's self-love. And I think we're in trouble, if I'm being honest with you, um, because those sorts of things are things that we do to cover up the fact that we really do not love ourselves. And I think that what happens is we think that self-love is automatic. 
I think we think that self-love is automatic. I think we think that going, that when you come into this world as a child, as an infant, that you come in loving yourself. And I, and I, and, and I just say, I, I believe that that's wrong. I believe that that's incorrect. You may disagree, but I don't think we come into this world loving ourselves. I think we don't know enough about it. I think love, uh, we, we make it out to be something, uh, you know, really simple when really it's really complex and really sophisticated. And I think that you have to grow and evolve to really understand what love is. Would you put a fork in your, a a fork in your two-year-old's hand? I mean, would you just let them walk around with a fork? Now, we use a fork every single day, right, to eat in, and we it's harmless. It's not even looked at as a weapon. But for someone who does not understand uh, what it is that they have or that they're holding, uh, a fork can become a danger to them and to others. What am I saying tonight? I'm saying that something that is placed in your hands prematurely without proper understanding of how to use it can be fatal, can be lethal. And I'm afraid that with this gift of love that we have been given, that because we have not been properly informed or educated on how powerful and significant love truly is, that often we find ourselves uh, in unhealthy, uh, unhealthy settings and we call it love. They mistreat us, uh, talk down to us, make us feel bad about ourselves, um, use us, abuse us. And there are individuals who really call this love. They really believe that this is love. And, and it's not a knock against them. You know, the unhealthy relationship or the destructive habits are a result of self-love and a lack of it. I might add. And I think that in we have to sort of retrain ourselves in this real, you know, this conventional thinking about love that says that if I neglect myself, if I neglect myself and I put all of my emphasis and all of my attention onto learning how to love others, that somehow that makes your love righteous. And, and I want to correct that, that type of thinking today because really you can never adequately love others until you learn to love yourself. And I've heard preachers preach against it. You know, um, you know, they've, they've gone against, uh, our dear sister Whitney and said, learning to love yourself is, is not the greatest love of all. And, and, and it's not, the, the greatest love of all, we know what the greatest love of all the scripture tells us, right? No greater love uh, that a man would lay that than a man that would lay his life down for a friend. But I want to tell you that the prerequisite for learning to love others is first learning to love yourself. So there really is a sort of a hierarchy to to how love works. And one is we love God, but then number two, right under that, you've got to learn to love yourself. And day by day. Year by year, I'm learning to love me. Now, for some of you, that makes you feel really uncomfortable, right? He didn't just say uh, love his wife. He didn't say love his children, love his dog, love, love, love his congregation, love his friends. No, I'm learning to love me. Because what I recognize is that I will never be able to adequately love them if I don't love me. 
And so the question I want to frame tonight, I want to frame this question and I'm going to give you some scripture uh, for those of you who are waiting on uh, some word to support uh, what I'm saying tonight. But the question I have for you tonight is, do you love you? Do you love you? I mean, flaws and all. I'm talking about hair out of place, morning breath. Uh, do you love your smile? Do you love your annoying laugh? Do you love your quirks? I know you said you can stand to lose a few pounds, but do you really love you? Do you love you is the question tonight. I mean, some of you, when I asked that question at the beginning of the, of, of the lion's den, uh, you, you know, it tripped you up a little bit, right? If you're being honest, because we're so used to asking how we show and display our love to others that rarely do we really hone in on what it is that we do to love ourselves and the vain images that are portrayed through what the money that you spend on name brands or, 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 or the amount of selfies you take is not a true reflection of self love. It's not. And what you will find is that more often than not. We lack self-love and we have been taught to, to, to put down our self-love for the sake of a more righteous love. And, and it's just false. And I want to correct that, that thinking tonight in order to get you to a place where you can love others. Have you ever seen individuals who can, who can never seem to maintain or sustain a healthy relationship? And it's not the other individuals. It's the same person in different relationships, but they have not yet mastered self-love. And so what happens is we constantly deflect on to other people. Uh, it was this. It was that. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. And really, it's a reflection of I don't really know how to love me. I haven't learned how to love me. And so we latch on to people because it's easier to put attention on to loving people than it is to say, really, I've got problems loving myself. This is this is a deep one tonight, but but I want to help us tonight. I, I want to reframe our thinking. There's a passage of scripture that I want to share with you tonight that I think is going to really help you. And this passage of scripture is found in Luke chapter 10. If you're taking notes tonight or anything like that. And, you know, Luke chapter 10, very interesting passage that I came across. And I've seen this text a thousand times, but, but it never, it never grabbed me the way it grabbed me this past week. And I want to share this with you. Luke chapter number 10, verse number 25. If I can read it in your hearing tonight, I know we're not in a service, but, but just let me share this with you. Let me lift this up to you. It says, one day there was an expert in religious law who stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. He said, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the, the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. And the man asked a question. He said, who is my neighbor? And I know that we, we get tripped up there, but, but, but the implication of this text is where the tension really is for us tonight. The tension in this text is that when Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself, that it is presumptuous thinking that says, I know how to love me. 
if I'm loving my neighbor as myself, but I don't know how to love me, that's a problem. I am convinced that some of the symptoms that we see, even in marginalized communities, are a result of individuals who have never learned self-love. You know, we love to talk about it. Let's talk about it tonight. Let's let's talk about uh, black on black crime or white on white crime or whatever you want to call it. But some of those things are symptomatic of a lack of self-love. If I don't love me, I don't love people who look like me. I don't value the lives of other people who come from where I come from. I lack self-love. And in a world that says that we're lacking love for one another, I want to offer some pushback and say, no, it's not that we're lacking love for one another. We just haven't learned how to love ourselves. And so it pushes us and provokes us to ask questions like the attorney asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Because if I learned to love me, I'd see myself in other people. And really the love that I reflected towards myself would emanate and I would love other people the way I love myself. But the issue is, is that I haven't learned to love me. I haven't learned to value me. I haven't under, I haven't really ascertained the fact that I am made in his image. That's why you've got to learn to love God first before you can really love you. Because when you start to understand that he says, let us make man in our image that I'm made in the image of God and every pimple and every flaw uh, that I have, that God foresaw it and that I am his creation and that when he created me, he said that I am good. He didn't say what you did was good. He said what he created was good. And so I fell in love with God and in turn I fell in love with myself and in then falling in love with myself, I learned how to love other people. Here's the issue. Luke chapter 10, guys. I want you to read it on your spare time. The issue is he said the the, the attorney wants to know who is his neighbor. And it's apparent to me that he has an issue with self-love. He cannot make a connection outside of himself because he doesn't first love him. The prerequisite for real love is first learning to love yourself. The text goes on. Jesus shares a parable. and He talks about a man who's been beaten up brutally and left on the side of a road. He says a, a priest walks by, doesn't even express any sort of empathy towards the man. Walks by him, just like, you know, many of us, right? Christian in name, right? Church every Sunday. But here's a man who's not just in need. This is not just a beggar. This is a little different. This man has been brutally attacked and the priest walks by him. Second person to walk by him is the Levite. They both walk by him, unable to make a connection because sometimes we, sometimes religion is what's stopping you from self-love. This faulty, self-righteous love that we talk about. That you got to love other people and you got to neglect yourself and, 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 and not pour into yourself or invest in you as if that's going to emanate a healthy love for others. 
So the religious folks walk by. They don't discern a need. And it is a Samaritan. It is a Samaritan who picks up this Jew, cleans him up, pours good wine on him, oil, helps heal his wound, puts him on his horse, takes him into refuge and says, listen, takes him to get help and assistance. And then says, I'm going to cover his tab. I'm going to cover all of his medical bills. And if it goes over, you can charge it to me. Doesn't know this man and doesn't owe this man. But it's clear to me that, that sometimes we think our help is coming from different places. We think our help is coming from the people who, 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 who rally, who, who yell the loudest or who applaud the loudest or, or the people who text you the most. But in this season, help may be coming from an unlikely source. Someone you've disconnected. Someone that if you weren't in need, you wouldn't even really recognize them. That's just a sidebar. That's not really even themed under uh, tonight's heading. But I, I want you to understand sort of the, the trajectory of how love works in this text. God's love. Learning to love God with your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. So he gives us the blueprint for for what love should look like. And then from there, you've got to learn to love you. I want to encourage you in this season to explore self-love again. Loving you doesn't make you selfish. Choosing you doesn't make you selfish. Sometimes you've got to choose you so that you can be a better you to them. Can I say that again? Sometimes you've got to choose you so that you can be a better you to them. You got to pour back into yourself. You got you to invest back into yourself. You've got to learn to love you again. You know how many preachers go from town to town, preaching all over the place, preaching themselves silly in, the, in some silly righteous behavior that that not taking care of themselves is somehow going to get them some extra crown, uh, some extra jewels in their crown. It's silly and it's unhealthy. You got to learn to love you. You got to learn to take care of you. You, you got to learn to not wait for people to take care of you. Some of us will wait for somebody else to tell us you need to take a break. You need to take a vacation. I can't tell you, I've lived, I lived my, 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 most of my 20s waiting for people to do what God says you can do for yourself. You, can I talk to you about the man who lays on the mat waiting for somebody to put him in the pool? Waiting for somebody to help him get better? Jesus doesn't do anything mystical in that text. He empowers that man to love himself. To help yourself get better. Why are you waiting for them to put you in the pool when you can pick up your mat and walk? When you can be healed? I want to encourage you today. You're waiting on others to do what you can do for you. You're waiting to get love from other people when you can learn to love yourself. In fact, their love will never be enough. There'll always be a void. There'll always be a search, a, a, a ferocious quest for more and more and more 
because you've never learned to love you. Loving them is easy. Loving you is hard. You know why loving you is hard? Loving you is hard because you know all your stuff. You know just how ratchet you can be. You know, you don't say everything that comes to your mind, but you know how crazy you can be. Loving you is difficult. But loving you is the greatest expression of God because it is an unconditional love. It is a love that says I, I'm open to growing. That, I, I, that just because I'm here today doesn't mean I'm going to be there tomorrow. It's an agape love. A selfless love for yourself. I know you've never maybe thought about it like that tonight. I, I, and, and I told you I wasn't going to keep you long. I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to go super deep on you tonight. I wanted to give you something practical, but I want to reshape our thinking in 2019. You can give the best love to others after you learn how to love you. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to keep up with all the exciting things that are happening by following us online. Connect with us on Twitter at Pastor B. Harris, on Instagram at Pastor B. Harris, on our Facebook page at Brandon J. Harris Ministries, and by visiting the website, bjharrisministries.com. And remember, why do life alone when we can do life together? I'll see you next time.